everyone welcome to the inaugural episode of the pod and click podcast and exploration of point and click adventure games i am will here with john and elizabeth and today we're going to be covering 12 minutes but i thought john and elizabeth might want to introduce themselves first yes i am john i am will's brother and elizabeth's husband almost said elizabeth's wife (laughs) which no judgment just just almost got it confused yeah, I'll back off that um, growing up, played a handful of different adventure games, you know, still play a lot of multiple different types of video games. But I also you know, really like stories, both in um, games and books and movies and adventure games tend to have some of the better stories in video games, I find. I will say that I think if we have to pick one of the two elements of point and click adventure, we're probably more focusing on the adventure aspect. So sometimes there may be stuff where people be like, is there really pointing? Is there really clicking? But we're, but for the most part, we're going to try to keep to it as, uh, as well as possible. I am Elizabeth. I am John's wife. And I would say my biggest connection to point and click adventure games is Nancy Drew. I have played all of the Nancy Drew computer games from her interactive. And that was a huge part of my childhood. So I'm excited to be here, explore some other games and maybe Nancy Drew at some point. (laughs) Yeah, definitely probably sooner rather than later. We'll play one of them at least. Oh no, we'll get there. And that's kind of what inspired this podcast. I was, I'm John's brother, by the way, I was over visiting John and Elizabeth and I opened one of their cabinets and saw this stack of Nancy Drew games and a couple Barbie games. We've been trying to think of a topic, and this was the one topic that really landed re- well, because I feel like I've been throwing out a lot of random ideas over the past month and a half. So Yeah, you you were the bulk of the idea things, and I kept saying, no, I don't I, I don't think that would work quite well. I feel like point and click. I don't I mean, watch watch in a few months some developer of point and click games like Tim Schafer starts a podcast talking about point and click adventure games, and then 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 will become totally irrelevant. You mean not Tim that Sch- we're not already irrelevant, but you know. You mean Tim Schafer, the Michael Eisner of point and click games? Will Will has some no, 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 no. This weird is not, opinion. Not a, this is not an anti-Tim Schafer thing. It's like with the history of theme parks. Whenever you look up the history of point-and-click adventure games, any game, eventually Tim Schafer's name comes up. Okay. Maybe there's a better comparison, because I feel like Disney World fans have a thing against Michael Eisner. Uh, and I feel no, like oh, adventure... No. Oh, no, no, no. Not since the recent... Well, yeah. Established not, taken not, since, not since JPEG. I feel like that's not a good comparison. I feel like some adventure game fans just slam their laptops like, I'm out. Although, I mean, it has to be the, I don't know, it's probably not that narrow of a of a pie slice between people who like point-and-click adventure games and people like Disney. That was not a slam on either Tim Schafer or Michael Eisner. I'm just saying in the stories of the history of these things, they're in it a lot. Fair, fair. So, Okay. So we're starting with 12 minutes because we thought it was something recent. It wasn't a stone cold classic like King's Quest. So it's our first episode. We don't get yelled this, at for missing some. And this episode has to be scrapped for lack of quality, <laughs> which if you're listening to this and you're like, you should have scrapped it. I'm sorry, but it could have been worse. Here we are. 12 minutes. Yes. All right. 
So 12 Minutes was released in 2021 for Xbox and PC and uh, is created by a former artist from Rockstar Games and Ubisoft who spent a lot of time helping develop The Witness and finally struck it out on his own. What, what was his name? Louis Antonio. Okay, good. What? <laughs> Nothing. Let's just keep going. It was just funny you said a, a former artist and just didn't mention his name. Okay, fair. We spent two sentences on the guy. We can drop his name. So I'm looking here at all the history. Apparently it premiered at 2015 PAX East, but its big rollout was during E3 2019. That's the first time I remember hearing about it. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing it in a montage, I believe. Right, and it, it was a 12-minute time loop. You're trying to solve a mystery. And I don't remember. Was the game not voiced at that point, or was it voice scratch voice? Well, to be honest, I just I don't from what I remember about the game it was in a it was in a little montage so I don't know if I feel like we saw at least a minute of it I don't know why I'm sure there was a demo that came out with a minute and I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least placeholder voices if someone played some or like they showed off like a minute of the game because there's a lot of talking in the game yes I would agree with that hmm Double-checking all this information. Okay. So, it appears he came to E3, mentioned he wanted motion capture, fully voiced main characters, and improved character designs. And at some point during the pandemic, Microsoft picked the game up in their continuing trend of picking up the hot game from E3. That's an indie. Is this game motion captured? I guess. I feel like it didn't look good enough to be motion capture. <laughs> well, like, he, I I like the style. I guess, like, probably what they mean motion capture is when he fell on the floor. That's right. probably, like, meant to imitate the actual body movements. Yeah, right. that's fair. But so, definitely so, not the... I don't get the sense the faces were. So here is something about motion capture most people have not been told. Like, we give Andy Serkis all this credit for Gollum and for Caesar, but really it's the special effects department, because, like, the motion capture stuff might pick up 10% of the body movements. This might have changed since Lord of the Rings and Planet of the Apes were filmed. So motion capture could just mean they motion captured to get realistic-looking human movements, but, like, all the details were added in later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it released to what I believe were, yeah, pretty decent reviews, eights, nines, a uh, couple uh, fives, which I'm sure I know why, sort of, <laughs> but. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll get to our, our personal thoughts. I think those scores are pretty, pretty accurate. Right. Yeah. So, John, would you like to start talking about how, let's go non-spoilers first because the game is pretty recent. Okay. So what do you want, the gameplay, like, what do you want me to talk about? Uh, let's go over the game. John, why don't you cover the gameplay of this game? Okay. Well, this is a fairly, um, it's, it's very good, but I mean, well, I guess one weird thing talking about games over point and click adventure games, a lot of it is just pointing and clicking. However, I do think it's, it's an interesting game. Cause I mean, obviously the big thing is a time loop mechanic. Um, and it's like, it, it kind of emphasizes this thing in a lot of classic point and click adventure games, at least 
you know, a lot of the uh, point-and-click adventure games, like older ones, have a, kind of a built-in failure thing. So if you fail to do something earlier in the game, you can completely, like, fail the game later and you have to restart the entire game because you didn't do something correct. Mm. Um, I mean, this is to some extent like that because you, um, you know. But it, it's interesting. I'm trying to talk, think about how to discuss the, this accurately. It's oh. interesting because you do have to go through multiple loops. It's not like you can have a perfect run. Right, this, this isn't Majora's thing. Mask. Um, yeah. John had many uh, stressful moments trying to do like one specific yeah. outcome, and then something small would be off, and yeah. it would not go well. I I do have to admit, it took me four times to have a normal uh, meal with my wife in the game <laughs> because what happened was the first time I before when they were saying I'm dead, it's like oh I'll look around at what's here, and I accidentally grabbed the gift. I didn't like actually open the gift but they're like oh you took the surprise i'm not hungry anymore and then like it's like okay i won't take the gift this time and so i go into the bedroom after you know as as she's getting the dessert out which is an early thing in the game i accidentally flip the light switch and go unconscious (laughs) and then and then she's like i'm not hungry anymore i'm like i'm the one who just got electrocuted (laughs) i just wanted to see it because i figured for the story i should see the whole plot line play out (laughs) no i totally agree with that sentiment i i did the same thing i will agree with your assessment that there are a few too many instances where you wind up failing and then have to replay a decent chunk of the game. Yeah, and it's weird that there's, like, there is fast-forward mechanics in terms of, like, the bed and, like, other, and, like, sometimes stuff gets to the point, like, oh, you can tell, like, later on, you can, like, wait for the detective or you're in the closet, it can skip. But it's, like, it's weird there's not, like, a button where you can just fast-forward it on the controller. Now, there is a button where you can skip dialogue after you've heard this conversation a few times. There is, which is helpful. But it's just weird. That's not a. You can't like just like like for certain things. Just speed it up for whatever reason. Um, I feel like the gameplay is like the you know the pointing and clicking is good. No no big uh, qualms with the uh, the pointing and the clicking. I will say this. It's weird to me the combining thing because there's really only one thing you can combine in the game. Yes. Which is the pills in the water. It's like, it's the mug, and then you fill the mug with water, and then you can put pills in the mug, which is just weird that there's nothing else as, like, there's nothing complex. Like, I was thinking, oh, like, with the candles on the table, is there going to be something I have to pair with the candles or something? Because, like, it was just seemed like such a specific thing that could be used. I feel like we've slipped into spoiler territory. What? How... You're telling uh, the people mugs. that you, like, yeah. things that you have to and well, don't have to do. that's pretty... Which is a big part of the game. Oh, I guess so. I mean, we're hoping you've already played this. I just wanted to save the twist for the end. But, yeah, um, I guess yeah. we were talking more story stuff, but that's fair. I will say, you're right, Elizabeth, because this is a this is a fairly short, very, fairly limited game. And there are positives and negatives to that. But, right, saying that, like, oh, this item doesn't serve any purpose basically, like, eliminates a lot of, like, different, like, things. Because you may be trying to be like, oh, how does this item work? And how does that item work? put the fake candles in the vents. (laughs) 
and nothing happened, but the game lets you do it, so you're like, maybe this is right. helpful. The game lets you play around with certain things. Well, and actually, this is something I wanted to talk about, and John, you can feel free to tell me, Will, Except I have it, Let me say, it didn't let me stab the couch. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, I, I feel, and John, correct me if I'm wrong on this, there is kind of a new genre of games where they're more fun to watch people stream than they are to play. So, for example, there's this game called Kindergarten, which I'm sure we will get to, where you play as a little kid trying to get all these items, and every fail ends with something pretty gruesome happening. Either the kid is murdered, somebody blows oh. up, the building catches on fire, and like it's funny when you're watching such and such streamer play it, and people suggest what to do, but when you're playing it, it's kind of frustrating, like, please just let me get through this game, I'm not making mm. money off of this, but... uh. And this game isn't quite like that, but there are a lot of little experimental things you can do, and I wish more of those paid off. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, like, because there, like, I think afterwards I looked it up, and I think you can, like, it doesn't take that many loops to get through the game if you know exactly what you're doing. And it's not like little things that you can do to experiment actually change any, like, much. Like, I thought, like, as Elizabeth said, you can put, like, the fake candles in the vent, and it causes this glow. And I figured maybe he would react to that somehow, be like, what's in here, or something like that. Right. And, like, as people who like to do escape rooms, we're up for a good red herring. But... Mm -hmm. Actually, I wish the game had at least given you, like, some journal so you remembered what you've done already. Yeah. I mean, they kind of do that a little bit with the dialogue in terms of, like, if there's not anything new that you can possibly get from the dialogue, it's grayed out. But still. Yeah, I do feel like a lot of it was, like you were saying, John, not not doing tons with the items, like, doing a couple strategic things with the items. But then, like, by the end of the game, it was all, like, who have I talked to? And, like... A lot of it is talking or like here's an item and showing it to a person like I I and I honestly wonder I mean the sleeping pills I have to say were probably in it from the beginning but I wonder if part of it was like people were thinking like oh no you may have to stab your wife and people were just not about that because it seems weird that's the only thing that's like so specifically like step based like you have to get a mug fill it with water, put the sleeping pills in and have her drink it. Like, that's the most complicated And you can't do it where she can game. audibly like, hear the pills going in and see you putting them in. Or, yeah. it, that's we. I, I couldn't tell for then that. Then she's like, oh, having trouble sleeping, huh? Except one time I feel like I was able to figure it out. So, like, she did do it. It's, it's, the game's a little finicky. Well, you could do it in the bathroom with the door closed. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So, you like to live life on the edge. <laughs> yeah. But no, I would actually agree with you on that statement that the drugging the water is the most labor-intensive part of the whole story. Yeah. Every, and... Everything else is just figuring out what item activates what conversation. I feel like, unfortunately, part of it is just trying to, like... I don't know. I don't know if part of that being, like, so labor-inducive is to try to drag you if you're in it long enough not figuring out how to do it that you actually end up trying to stab your wife and seeing if that works or not. And, like, the outcome of that. Well, just because it is, it's not like you can, like, and even sometimes it's, like, stuff with the water, like, she'll be like, I'm not thirsty anymore. 
like if she gets a drink earlier mm-hmm. or something. So she's like, oh, I'm not gonna drink it if I like. Like it's it's a very finicky thing that can kind of eat up time if you do it multiple times or like with the like with me like doing like like I think I had to talk to the guy twice. Like like uh, there's a thing if you the wife goes to bed you can um, trigger a conversation and like it, it's just it's just interesting I guess overall but. Um, yeah, it's seen. It's just the because if anything, that's gonna eat the most of your time. So I wonder if that was some like psychological thing to get you to be like, ah, I'll just stab her. It'll be quicker to get her out of the way. That actually, that's possible. Which, huh. if that is, I mean, that's an interesting idea because it's true. I mean, I got the thought like, uh, but I don't know how good of it is in terms of just a little too early for my taste. Wait, maybe we should stab my <laughs> wife. Maybe a little concerned. I mean, here's the, I think my whole issue was just that I think it's interesting in terms of like, in the context of the game, like this is taking too long. Let me just step away. But that's what they were going for. But if it's in terms, but it's also like kind of bad to be like, you're getting so annoyed with how long this game is taking, like mechanically to do this thing that that's like your thought of what to do. And it's just like to take this easier option but it's also like that kind of says something like the person might not actively be enjoying the game then so it, it, it would be it's interesting and smart in the case but it's also like is that the best choice like is that the best thing how to put it in the game that that was intentional huh i mean i feel like it just makes sense that you have to fill it up with water and then put pills in like i don't know that that's like a huge intentional thing mm-hmm doesn't that just make sense? Yeah. Like you have to fill it up with water. You have. I mean, I it think is, the but item, it's... the item movement was weird from when, like you, how the game pauses when you yes. open the item inventory and all that. I think it's just a little, it's well, a little finicky. In fairness, we were playing on a controller because we mm-hmm. couldn't, because Xbox, uh, Xbox uh, Cloud streaming didn't let us use a mouse even on the computer, which was weird. Um, which is a whole other thing I could talk about. But I think it would have been a little easier had it been a mouse and you could, you know, actually oh, yeah. point and click instead of move analog stick and press. I would agree with that. Yeah. It didn't, I don't think it changed my score for the game, but I would agree with everything they said. It's not, that That's one kind of vague puzzle. Some of the mechanics are weird. Oh. Do we want, before we move into the spoiler territory, do we want to talk about the voices? Yes. Willem Dafoe is great. As always. Now, yeah. now obviously, there's three big actors in this. There's uh, Willem Dafoe uh, playing the cop, James McAvoy playing the husband, and... Uh, Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. I always think of Lily James for some reason, but it's, it's because Daisy they have Ridley. flower names. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Daisy Ridley as the wife. Um, flower names? <laughs> A subtle reference. <laughs> we'll get to that oh. later. <laughs> um, I I feel like okay. So every you you two talk about it first, and I'll give my opinions because I could talk about it for a while. So I will start. I seem to recall when this game was announced, or at least like shown super publicly, there were either no voices and it was going to be added later, or it was scratch voices, or maybe they hired some voice actors. And then when Microsoft kind of picked up the release rights, they put it. They put in the celebrity voices, which mm. if they had, if they had hired voice actors, I feel bad for the voice actors who got gypped. But 
Yeah. Yeah. Because to be fair, this does reek of a pitch Annapurna, the movie company, would release. Because this is an Annapurna Studios game. What? So my whole weird thing is that Willem Dafoe's allowed to use his accent. And I don't think it's particularly bad for someone to, you know, them to hire someone and then do like a different um, accent. But, like, it's also, like, voice acting. And, like, I, if no one had told me this was James McAvoy or Daisy Ridley, I I was listening to him, like, I could not even, like, I could not even, like, understand that that was them. Like, I was like, I don't even hear them at all. So, like, my whole, the whole, it's, I mean, I remember this controversy when it, like, the Grinch movie came out with Benedict Cumberbatch as a Grinch, and it didn't sound like Benedict Cumberbatch. But even then, I feel like he was doing, like, some kind of weird voice. Stop, stop, stop. Was this a controversy, or you remember me complaining, why did you hire (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch when he already sounds like the Grinch, and then he just does his Doctor Strange voice? Well, so, I think it's a little weirder than his Doctor Strange voice, but... I don't know. I mean, here's the... It... It seems weird because this movie could have just been set in the UK, I feel like. I don't think there was anything particularly holding it back from being that it had to have been set in America. Um, I just, I just listened to it and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I Say what you're going to say. Yeah, I, I think I can put it into words, basically. <laughs> um, I can explain it, John, because you're so incompetent. No, that's not. Okay, I thought I had a... Okay, basically how I felt about it. John is laughing at me. I'm laughing at myself. Basically how I felt about it was, um, you know, you like John was saying, you can't even really tell it's them when they're talking. Like, you can kind of hear it once you know who they are, but you can't really tell. And so, to a certain extent, it feels like they just got them for the name. And they didn't even really want them to, like, use, like, their voice, their normal voices, which are, like, very good. Especially because I don't know if I've ever seen a a part that Daisy Ridley or James McAvoy play where they didn't have their accents. Did he have an accent in Split? I haven't seen that. He has it in some of the scenes in Split. Okay. So, however, given Split's plot, he can have 15 different accents if he wants to. But it, it's not like I can remember, like, some famous movie James McAvoy. Someone's going to comment, like, oh, this one. Or, like, that uh, Daisy Ridley was in where I was like, oh, there's, like, part of it is I know their, them from their accents. Because they both kind of have distinct accents almost. Mm-hmm. Like, distinct voices in some regard. I don't think they, like, acted badly. It's just, it's funny because in the credits they, like, hired somebody to be Daisy Ridley's <laughs> voice coach. And I'm like, if you just let her be British... You wouldn't have to hire another person. Yeah. Especially with Willem Dafoe's British and Will under like or he's British, right? Is he? I didn't think you I thought he just had a unique voice. I think he just has uh, a cool voice. Whoops. Egg on my face. Maybe probably. I think you're right. I think there was a, I think there was an SNL joke about that, wasn't there? He's oh, an he, American he was, actor. Oh yeah, he was born in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Wisconsin accent. <laughs> I think there was some SNL bit about that at one point Um, when he did it like a few months ago. So sorry about that. 
But that's just a, a general qualm where it feels weird. Because I remember they made a big deal, and then I started playing it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley. But we should go on to spoilers, because we don't want this to go right. on too long. We're moving into spoilers now, so you can stop listening, although we hope you've played the game already. Or so, if you don't care. Yeah. And, okay. So I am just going to say it. None of the puzzles in this game challenged my mind. They more frustrated them. It. Mm. Uh, I thought there were some things that were very clever, but it's more like once you fail it once, then you see it's clever. Like, yes. like the light switch. How, like, the one time we tried to get the guy to, like, electrocute himself, but the wife hadn't been in there yet, so it hadn't been flipped. So it's like, oh, that's clever, but now we just have to go back and redo yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would say the one thing I thought was kind of clever was the vent underneath the medicine cabinet because it was there the whole game. But I was like, because if you really were looking for it, you could find it. I, I John's believe. not used to the Nancy Drew. You got to go all over the screen. You got to know that you've looked in every spot. Um, I mean, that I at least thought, like, oh, it actually is somewhere, like, in plain sight. But I remember at the end, at the end of the round, it's like, it's in the, and I was like, it's in the couch. And I tried to take a knife and stab the couch, and it wouldn't let me. <laughs> so the basic story, for you don't know, because I don't think we talked about it earlier, is that a man comes home to his wife, who she, uh, she tells him that they're having a baby, and then, or it doesn't tell him, depending on the plot line. Yeah, depend, depending on the plot line, you may mess it up and accidentally electrocute yourself, and she doesn't tell you. <laughs> but then this cop bangs on this door, ties you and your wife up, and then I think in most of the timeline, I think in, in most of the timelines will kill you. Uh, is basically how it normally started at the beginning, and then you and and so that begins a time loop where you enter, and you are basically your job is to figure out how to break this time loop. Um, and a lot of different things happen. Like you can talk to your wife and try to figure out her past and the, and the cop accuses your wife of murder. So you're kind of like figuring out all the details about it. Um, you know, so I think the main progression of the story is at some point you like, you know, you talk to your wife a little bit, but I think a big thing is you tie up the cop, figure out that like the cop says that your wife murdered her father on like New Year's Eve. And then, you know, you confront your wife about that through a series of other like puzzles and whatnot. And you do find out that like she thought she killed her father on but Christmas. On Christmas instead of New Year's mm -hmm. Eve. And then you find a picture of her on New Year's Eve near you. Having fun. Not with her father. So you're like, she's innocent. And then you can go through and tell your wife that she's innocent. Yeah, and that triggers that basically triggers an end in which the cop is like, "Oh, you didn't do it," which is like good. But then it's like, "Ah, oh, the time loop's still going." But then you're like, "Oh, apparently you the your wife had a half brother who was considered a monster." And then like you're digging in into a couple more loops to figure out like who's the mon who's the half brother, and then the big twist of the game. You are your wife's half-brother. All through a flower name on some baby clothes. It does sort of feel like they were trying very hard to have a shocking ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is pretty shocking when you when you catch the flowery name thing. You're like, 
oh, like this is. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's here's the thing. I don't think it's necessarily the worst shock having played it. Like I think there's a few foreshadowing things throughout the story. Talking like you mentioned, like your mother, how you never knew your mother, and like no indication that you knew your father is kind of brought up at one point, and then this half brother. So it's like there's clues throughout the narrative. I feel like and like the twist. It's like okay, that's actually like. I'm partly because you're like, well, why would that ever possibly be a twist? But that's also, like, a lot of twists in movies. It's like, well, why would that ever... But, like, I feel like the bigger problem is the fact that you could really end there and there's no... I feel like the ending's hidden too much. Like, the final ending's a little too hard to find because the final ending which is you look at the book so if you look at the book normally you basically get hypnotized into forgetting all this oh do you need to explain that situation yeah so you take the clock back yeah why don't you explain it oh i don't even know if i really know what happens but you click the clock and the clock goes back and you're suddenly with your father yeah well do you want to yeah you explain Uh, it so just to make sure you had already said that this whole thing is you and basically hypnotherapy with Willem Dafoe's therapist character. No, I think he's actually... Oh, interesting. Or I thought he was actually the father. It's very possible he is, but he might also <laughs> be a hypnotherapist. Who knows? He could be both. I Yeah, I at first I was confused because in some shots he ha- he's bald, and in some shots he looks like he has, like he has hair, and then, so it's kind of confusing, like, is this... Well, so I I feel like they bury the he has the same voice. They yeah. bury the lead too much because then after you find out your your wife's half brother, you go back in time supposedly to show that oh you actually murdered in this context the father and you just have forgotten about it, but that's not actually real. Yes. Like, you, you kill Willem Dafoe's character because Willem Dafoe's character in this now context is actually the father for some weird reason. And I think the context... Well, the the big thing we're getting to is essentially, if you look at this book at the end and look at the clock, it's revealed that none of this happened. And you're simply, like, imagining different scenarios to somehow make it work. Like, you're imagining different scenarios. Like, how is it possible I could get with my half-sister and, like... um there not be an issue. Yes. Yes. And so the problem is, I feel like either ending with like you killed the 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 half the father, like your own father, and that being around the end of the game could be like this very good tragic thing, or being it you being trying to like do this loop, like coming up with these ideas is also like a kind of a fine way because it's you trying to deal with this thing that really can't happen or really shouldn't happen and trying like so desperately and it kind of goes into this desperation thing of like there must be some way to make it work. And I get like it's it's hard because there's this gap in between where you're just kind of like what do I do now? And you're kind of just like well because there's multiple different endings where you can like you can have you can pull a Fargo and have the guy kill your wife and have her say it was fake suicide which seemed like a very Fargo season one Fargo movie-esque plot kind of plot line you could like you could I think 
go out with your wife and your wife may talk to you about some of this stuff. But it's like, I feel like people may not, I don't, I, I, you know, we did the book ending and we thought that was the real ending, which just kind of shows, oh, he did hypnotherapy to forget that, like all about the wife. But like, it doesn't explain unless you look at the clock, which is so specific that all of this was just your like, like you trying to do these things in your head and how unhealthy that was. And I feel like it's a little too hard to get to the actual meaning. And, but then it leaves it open-ended with the ending with the father. So, you know, that's not quite accurate. So it's kind of just, the ending like is kind of weird because I think either one's fine, but there's just this weird gray area in the middle that kind of messes it up. And I feel like a lot of people probably are never going to actually get the clock ending. Yeah, I'm just confused in general about the ending. I like that it's not real, that he's, like, thinking it through in his head, but it's hard to even come to that conclusion if you don't hit a certain ending. And maybe that's part of the point, that this is supposed to be vague and you're supposed to think about it. I would agree. I want to watch all the endings. There are some that, and maybe I was just thinking about it too much, give a clearer picture and some of those endings require you to do things earlier in the game that you can't go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could be very wrong about that, so feel free to yell at me. But <laughs> Well, it's it's just... It's it's intriguing. I mean, I, I... You know, based upon what I knew about the story going in, I liked it better than I thought I did. I just thought it was... It's like... This is the whole thing I have with some modern video games is that they very much want people to have multiple endings, like have the ability to have like all these different like ways it can end. And there's not like necessarily one true ending, but this obviously has one true ending that this was all in all right. in the guy's head. But like you could assume that some of these endings, because some of them you start back at the beginning going into the apartment. Some of them have credits roll. So like I I I just like. I don't know. Like, I, I look at this and I'm just kind of like, but, yeah, hold on. Uh, I blanked. Someone keep talking. I'll finish I, my point later. Um, I think it's interesting that you, and I think you mentioned this, John, mm-hmm. that like throughout the game, you have so many endings that in the end, they can't just decide on one. Like they can't mm-hmm. just come back to one point. It has to be multiple endings. Mm-hmm. Like even at the end, it has to be multiple yeah. endings. Like I would have much rather had this be what happened is something along the lines of you find out the half-brother, you go back in time and have the thing where you think you killed your father. Um, then you go back to the apartment, maybe you tell your wife... And, like, things go really poorly. And then after, like, some other of, like, the maybe the bonus endings they had. And then you can get the pocket watch again. And you, like, you basically have some ending where everything goes horribly wrong. Either, like, your wife dies and you kill the guy. Or, like, something happens where it just all goes to even more heck, given the situation. And then you go back to the bookcase and they explain, like, the book room, and they explain this is all in your head, and, like, it's better off that you stop these delusions because you can't be with your Mm half-sister. And I feel like that, I would have preferred a more direct ending, especially because of how finicky the game is. It's not necessarily, like, you want to go and do all these, like, explorations, like, oh, what ending can I get? 
like like can I get all these like endings or like oh let me try all these different things because the game's not like that gameplay wise that tight or like oh I want another loop more more where you get to the point it's like I just want to finish the story yes to have an open-ended ending where like you can try out all these different things is not like Oh, cool, like, more of the game. It's like, no, it's let like me I just are... finish. Yeah, once you have the reveal, you're like, oh. Yeah. And you kind of just want it to, like, conclude and see what happens. Yes. I would agree with that. Uh, I do kind of wonder what the genesis of this story was. Like, had Microsoft not stepped in, would we have a much simpler ending? Would it be even more confusing? Would it be mm. text-based? Who knows? What ending will, did you? Oh, what ending did we end up getting? Initially, yes. Before you played around. Yeah, oh, no. we just watched. I think you probably researched the other endings. We watched yeah, some what, of the other ones. To be honest, what happened was I got the I got back. I like did a few loops where like she found out. I said like I killed. I think, um, I think maybe I told her that he killed. I think I did the one you where you told everything basically. I told the wife that I killed your father, and like I'm your half brother. And then I think I had the thing where she, he told she told the um uh cop, and the cop was like, "Look, I know where you live." Like, and like the wife left. I remember. I think I did that ending, and then I did the stopwatch, and I saw the red book on the shelf and pressed the red book. But yeah. I, didn't know I had to press the clock, and then I got the credits to roll. So I'm like, I'm just gonna look. I like, I looked up if there were other endings, and I saw like, tw- like, I the game. I I couldn't. I didn't want to sit around and do the loops again, especially because it can be really finicky. Right. Like I think I tried to go back. Well, I I don't know if I tried to go back, but there there was just like too many little finicky things that just made it like I don't want to go back personally and figure out these loops I just want to see the story right and I I think I got the same ending as you and the red book only works if you ask your wife what she's reading and in some loops that's a little hard to do Mm -hmm. because you can't make her mad you can't set anything up you can't electrocute yourself but uh yeah no I, I would I have no problem with multiple endings. I don't have a problem with this game doing it. I agree. And maybe if we've been playing that with a mouse and keyboard, we would have felt differently. Because <laughs> I, I will say Yeah, this. but I think it's it's even stuff like, oh, I accidentally started eating as she was sitting down and still, instead of waiting until she started eating, is... And so I, rude. I get it's <laughs> rude. But it's also like... It, it's like a game and I'm just kind of like... You're just clicking. You're yeah. just seeing if things can happen. Right. And so, like, it, it almost, like, because it's so precise, and I get because it's a limited space, it kind of has to be that precise. But it's even like, oh, I took, like, I found this gift. And if you find the gift early, even if you don't open it, the wife's like, uh, like, like, there's just, and I get that, but it's like, it kind of then hinders you exploring and experimenting, especially when, like, sometimes it's not necessarily easy to end a loop always. I guess you could that's, probably stab yourself. You can, if you walk out the door, the loop resets. Oh, that's true. You can walk yeah, out the door, the but thing. still, if you could fast forward through stuff, it'd be easy. It, it would have saved, if anything, I would say they should try to add in a patch that you can just fast forward through like the time on on your own that's for the sequel 13 minutes <laughs> but most of these loops only last 10 
Yeah, uh, I didn't even. Yeah, catch most if of them. The minutes. two minutes is the past. Oh. Oh, the, okay. It's really? ten minutes. I think is the maximum, and the extra two minutes is essentially like you go back in time, and it's two minutes before midnight on New Year's Eve where you kill the father. Oh. So it's at like yes. it's at like eleven fifty eight. So the twelve minutes are twelve fifty eight and twelve fifty nine to like five years prior or something okay i completely missed that i will say yeah, did i like you look that up John? no i saw it went it it started at like the at the minute at the 12 o'clock hand and went to then went to the two like they went 10 minutes and then it looped back to two minutes before that so i think it's a i don't think there's ever a time... I mean, very rarely do you actually reach the end of the 10 minutes. I think the only time you're really going to get that is it... And, like, specifically see that is if, um, is when you tie up the cop and are questioning him. And after a while... And, like, actually, like, torturing him. And Yeah, which I did not agree to. But John just started clicking as usual. Well, I... I... You like, were like, I wonder what I, what I can do with this knife, with this man. Well, okay, obviously they they give you a knife. They're expecting you to stab someone with no, it. No, they're expecting you to open the vents. It is true. They do expect you to open the vents with a knife. But I, I, it was that or, I don't know if you could like punch him maybe. Maybe that was an option. We should have tried that option. We should have tried that option first. Violence is never the answer. If you can't tell, John was doing the actual gameplay, and I was mostly advising. Yeah, so yes. sometimes our decisions were just John doing yeah. things. It's because my controller was needed to charge, so I had to sit on the floor, and I didn't want to <laughs> subjugate you sitting on the floor. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that wraps up our talk on this game. How? Yeah. I know we haven't played any other games for this podcast, but how would we rank the game on its own and as a point-and-click adventure. Well, what we should do for the next episode is actually come with some ranking tiers, like That's... five tiers or something. I dropped my wedding ring. Problematic. Oh, no. If I was the wife in 12 minutes, I would get up and leave right We'd now. We'd have to re-loop this podcast. Oh, my. That is true. <laughs> you dropped our wedding ring? Is that all I am to you? I'm not in the mood anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to the bedroom. I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> no more dessert for you. No, I can't drink it. I can't get her to drink the sleep medicine. That is... um, <laughs> which I feel like we thought we needed to do that a lot more yeah, than we actually yeah. needed. But sometimes it just took a long time to actually get her to drink it in the current yes. parameters. But... Um, Here's what I would say. I think story, I actually, I know I talked about my, I'm a very critical person, so I talk about criticisms more than positives. But I actually enjoyed most of the story. Like, I mm -hmm. enjoyed it for the most part. I just think it they should have had it be more linear when it came to the end, you know? Um, so either, story, li either linear or there should have been more choices you made within the course of the game that yeah. lead to different mm -hmm. things. Mm. Yeah, like, more, like, things you can kind of explore on your own, like, story beats and stuff. Yes. Um, I would say story-wise, I'd probably give it, like, an 8. Uh, now, I guess I have to think, is this, like, video game reviewing 8s? Or, like, 
on a scale where like five is the median or not. So I would I would say overall I think this is above average story. Um, for a video game, I thought it was pretty good. I get the 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 stepbrother thing would be dumb, especially like not playing in the context of the game. But I think it's a decent enough uh, element. I think the game's a little like I wanted more kind of like stuff to do, and a lot of it mm. was um, was talking, and that's not necessarily bad. But it wasn't even like like with Nancy Drew. There's a lot of like investigative talking. Yes. And there's some of this, but I don't even know if at the beginning you, I don't know. It's just, it's a little limited and we would have beaten the game a lot quicker because it's a pretty quick game. If not for the fact I didn't see the Polaroid on the fridge. Oh yeah. Um, well, no, I think that's a little, I, I get you're supposed to explore, but it is intentionally a little hard to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Um. Yeah. So I would say gameplay wise i'm gonna say it's like a seven i mean this is more like just at like five being the total average probably it's more like a six and a half in that regard just because i want something a little more complexity and it's a little finicky i don't know maybe it's not even five as the average i don't know i'm just saying numbers right now it's it i was a little disappointed with the game plan i wanted to be a little more complex puzzle solving <laughs> this is why we need tears we'll have tears would... for the real show go ahead I would say, I don't know what number value to attach to it overall. Maybe an 8, maybe a 7. Um, I feel like it was actually very enjoyable, the like time-looping mechanic and everything. Like It was a very cool experience to play. But like John was saying, the actual gameplay itself is not like... If I had to explain it, basically, it doesn't have as much replay value because I wouldn't want to have to go through it again. Like, yeah. it's it's exciting the first time because you don't know what's going on. What you said earlier about streamers is true. It's kind of a game where I would be kind of like, wow, if I really wanted to experience it again, I would watch someone play it, like a, a, like a playthrough online of it. Right. And exactly. Or if you wanted to see, like, how does this play out, you'd go find the video of it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and it's and it's short enough that like if you wanted to replay it, you probably would remember most of what you had to do. Yes, yeah. which isn't always a bad thing. I think there are some replayable mm-hmm. point-and-click adventure games where the puzzles are very obvious, but they're still kind of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Nancy Drew games often like have a decent replay value because you don't remember everything. This just has such a limited scope in terms of like the things that you do that. It would. It's mostly about the story, which is great when you're doing it the first time. But even even when you get to the end and you know the end of the story, it's like this is tedious. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. I'd probably give it a seven-ish. Like you're right, the story's really good. I think the gameplay leaves something to be desired. I don't think it's very replayable. I think we may have just figured out our three tiers <laughs> plus puzzles. Yeah. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think figuring out those would be. Uh, good tiers to go on. Um, I feel like, I do feel like the one thing about this game that I actually would say probably makes it worth playing is the fact it's on Games Pass. Yes. So if you have Games Pass, it's free. Yeah, this would be a great free game. And it's actually, like, pretty good. Like, it, like, Xbox, it actually was a smart game for Xbox to get. Because if it's actually free on Games Pass, it's pretty easy to recommend. Like, but if this was like $25, $30, which I 
Is that what? That might be the retail price. I, that that sounds about right. It's a little steep, but as part of Games Pass, it's a pretty good deal. Uh, that's another thing we always Just have to factor. Just for Willem Dafoe's non-British accent. <laughs> yes. All right, so that wraps up our first episode. So just to clarify, and I'll pop in a recording of our social media handles once we make those. So what we're going to do is, at, right now, two episodes a month, one of a more intense, not intense, but longer, more thoughtful game, like 12 Minutes or a Nancy Drew game or Monkey Island or something like that. But then the other game of the month is going to be a little shorter, maybe something a little more educational, maybe something more aimed at kids. And there's no better way to kick that off than with the first entry in a series I would like to call, and it will take us like eight years to do, the Chronological Humongous Entertainment. So join us next month, fill your tank and check your tires as Putt-Putt joins the parade. Yes! (laughs) Just to be clear, we're doing these in order, so as far as I know, that was the first one released. Sounds good. Love it. John's rolling his eyes, but I'm looking at the box. Over 400 clickable locations. (laughs) (laughs) 400. That's that's probably far. That's like... That's like 370 more than 12 minutes. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. See you next time for Putt-Putt Joins the Parade. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. That's not how the song goes. It sounded like you were starting Elmo's World. <laughs> we'll probably get to that one, too. Okay. Tim Schafer I'm... made a Sesame Street game, so. Mm. Yeah, for I'm Connect, John, then. I'm Will. You want to say your name? I'm Elizabeth. What's going on? We'll see you next time. We'll oh, you next time. I didn't. I was not told about this. <laughs> <laughs>